0: Hello and welcome to The wide Debate with our amazing introduction, created using videos. <laughs> if anyone wants to know, videos is actually with a Z. Um, so this week, me and Callum, again, are selfishly creating a podcast which basically forces us into studying every single week. Show us the book, Callum.
1: One second, I need both hands to lift it.
0: Look at that, yeah. show us the sideways look, look at, look side at that. It. So this week, uh, no, Callum's been off on holiday for two weeks, so it's actually, we've not done that much, but we have read um, a gigantic book. I'm seeing a few he's coming in there. So today we're going to go through Influence the Psychology of Persuasion, which is a book that we have both read in the last uh, week or so. In fact, I've read it twice now, this week. <laughs> Absolutely love it. That's um, impressive and yeah there's loads of, loads of, loads of cool points loads of learning points loads of things that i feel people will um will learn from what did, what did you what did you think about it change the way you think feel
1: yeah definitely I uh, i thought it was very yeah i thought it was very enlightening with a few things a bit counterintuitive with a um with some of its uh some of the revelations that it it gave me it was like hmm i i thought that there was you know, I, I I knew that something was going on there. You know, specifically when it comes to selling, I you can always tell you have an instinct that someone's trying to sell something to you. But there were a few things, and I was like, oh, it's interesting that they're doing it that way. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was it was quite cool in that in that regard. Um, I also thought that the way the book was framed was or presented was different to how I'd anticipated it. So I know you'd introduce this book to me before like long before i read it by saying that it's one that we're going to do you kept like teasing it and bringing it down and saying like look at the size of this freaking book you're going to have to read it a <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> i had to definitely say there was a book there you kept <laughs> yeah anyway uh yeah <laughs> jesus we're off to a good start um so i thought the book was going to be very like um it was going to be for the salesman but it's not this book is a it is a protection against the uh sales techniques i would say um, by showing you what people are actually doing and uh how that can affect the way that you respond um, to their tactics and um some of them are pretty impossible to resist as we will probably talk about but um others like there are there are good ways of kind of Thinking your way logically out of them, so you don't get suckered in. I thought that was good. I thought it was cool that it was for the common person to protect them from uh, people that don't have legitimate things to offer. Obviously, some things are worth some things are worth buying. Some things are worth you know. But there are uh, lots of people that are a little untrustworthy trying to trying to use their influence.
0: Do you think he's done that because he's looked at the book and he's thought, right, if I write this for the salesman? there's probably 1% of society that are salesmen and yet there's 100% of society that are buyers. So maybe because he's a, he's a, he's a was he a Harvard professor or somewhere like that? He's some university professor, isn't he? Yes. Maybe he's written it in that perspective, looking at it, thinking this will appeal to a lot more of the population because every single person in the world has had, I mean, yeah. I mean, last time I bought a car, I went in and I paid full price for it on the, on the thing and I'm a sales guy. Um, but my missus said, "I like it. I really like it. I love it." And it was like, "Oh for fuck's sake! Why did you say that?" There's no way he was budging on price. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> dangerous. To buy that. So don't maybe budget. it's better to negotiate with just one person than than two, so you don't end up. But never then, take
0: your, never take your missus when you're buying them a car, or your child. If you're going to buy your child a car, don't take them along and buy it. Just, just. Get him, show him a picture <laughs> and then you go and knock the salesman down because otherwise they'll be like i want it now please don't leave it and it's like shit
1: yeah my, my issue is that mechanically i have no idea what's going on so i would always have to take my uh take my old man with me because he actually knew how how cars worked and i'd just be like yeah it looks sick i love it and uh then i'd get like halfway down the road and the brakes wouldn't work or something that would be yep. where i'd go wrong
0: so shall we jump into some of the points? Because there's lots and lots and lots and lots of points. And we've started to figure out how to work this thing now. Yes. Um, so we, we've, we've basically, first of all, we're going to discuss through all the different sections of the book. We've added a couple of bits ourselves, which kind of, they're in there, but they're kind of missing. They're not chapters. Um, and then we're going to go through some quotes. Um, I spent most of yesterday <laughs> putting quotes in here, um, which I feel will be beneficial for people. And I feel like this is going to be the one where people learn the most. So on this particular uh, one, we'll, le- we'll learn more because we're figuring out how to actually do the podcast now still. Um, so number one.
1: Yes, uh, re- reciprocity. Uh, unreciprocated favors prompt people to return
0: the kindness. So do you know how, why that's written so well?
1: <laughs> why
0: is that written so <laughs> well? <laughs> so I write it. First of all, I write it in my language. And then I put it in chat GPT and I say, rewrite this and make it professional <laughs> nice
1: i like that energy so I, don't
0: put the, I don't put the big words in myself it's the so, future yes Unreciprocated, un- blah, blah, reciprocated favors prompt people to return the kindness do you want to touch on with this one first or should i
1: uh yeah i mean i can i can start so basically it's referring to sort of the social obligation that you feel when basically to repay something that someone has given to you a kindness or um, you know a gift or anything Um, I think the most obvious example is probably well Christmas cards is a really big one that people definitely in the UK um, and I think in the US they send Christmas cards I know I was very surprised in a lot of countries they don't send Christmas cards at all we've been duped to believe that that is a worldwide thing that everyone does send Christmas cards but it's, it's a big thing here but not everywhere else anyway you send someone a Christmas card, you kind of expect to get one back. Um, and I know my mum my has this book of, like, she crosses people out, and she kind of loves it. There's, like, a little catharsis in there for her, I think. She has this massive book full of names, and they're people that have sent cards to and names and addresses. And uh, she, gives them, she gives them one strike, so they get a year off. So if they miss us for a year, they still get one the next year. But if they miss us two years in a row, they get scrubbed <laughs> really... out, and they never get <laughs> you... a Christmas card again.
0: <laughs> Do Mum really does that? And, Absolutely. And, and you know what? If this podcast ever gets popular, <laughs> all yeah. of your friends, friends will know about that. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh God, that's <laughs> true.
0: Callum, you little bastard! Why did you tell? Yeah. Me?
1: <laughs> well, they should have sent us a Christmas card, shouldn't they? Really.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's why we don't. No, I must admit that makes sense. Women, women in my family, um, they deal with like I'm, I'm completely non i don't do any of that shit ever don't send cards not, but my missus is like the odd year when i'm getting get sender a card she's like have you been cheating <laughs> 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 Everything. um but i buy presents i'll buy presents for for like close relatives but i know the women in our family is like i didn't get a card off her, or my kid didn't get a card off first so of their kids not getting one this year but the, the yeah. way I, I see this as a salesman reciprocity as a salesman um, I see this a lot used in presentations, in sales presentations, and things like that. And one one of the best ones I've seen done was um, so at the beginning of the, uh, of the of the presentation, he basically said to everybody, "Right, we're going to do um, a competition here. The first person to answer this right or whatever is going to win, say, five hundred dollars. Right? So I'm going I'm going to give you a five hundred dollar gift card for Amazon. Right." And then what he did is he, he went through and he asked some sort of question. Everybody put the answer in the chat. The first person to get the answer into the chat, he's like, right, pop your email in the chat, such and such person, um, and I'll send you a $500 Amazon gift card to your email address. And it's like, holy fuck, man. But then what he also did, so that everybody felt nobody felt like they'd missed out, is like, don't worry, you didn't win the star prize, but for every single person that's on here, right, you're all going to win a prize. I'm going to give every single one of you a random specific prize just for just for turning up. And if you wait until the end, okay, so it keeps him on until the end, but he also does the reciprocation. If you wait until the end, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you um, I'm gonna send you to a page where you can go on and if you put in your the email address, you'll claim your free prize. What he was really doing was collecting everybody's email addresses and he was using reciprocity in the same in the same breath to kind of coax people into to to, to liking him using the liking principle, yeah. which we'll talk about later, but also using reciprocity and also looping them to keep them on to the end of the presentation, which w- when I was, when I was on the presentation, I was watching what he was doing. I was like, a lot of people won't have spotted that, but because obviously I understand sales techniques and I've, I've read this book like four times, I was like, fucking genius. That, that was, it was so smart the way it was done.
1: Yeah. That's really clever. Uh, and it's one of those things, like I said before, it's a social obligation. It's one of those, like, it's, deeply ingrained within us to like want to repay favors um uh, i i definitely definitely have a, a strong sort of sense of it even though you know like the christmas card thing doesn't bother me massively but there are other things that i see as like actual you know it depends how you rank them i suppose internally that the value of the gift or whatever you've been given but there is a uh, yeah there's like a social a real powerful social drive there and i think that comes from Obviously it's an innate thing. It's built into us. Like the people that repaid the people that repay their favors probably lived longer back in the day. They got to spread their genes and stuff. So it makes sense that it's something that, you know, within us, if you if you don't repay your favors, you kind of get ostracized from the tribe, don't you? There are terms like uh, like a moocher or you know, someone that's just like that's happy to take but never to give and society we've only been lucky enough to not be hungry for like a very short amount of time like a few hundred years if that um most of the time most people were hungry and um now it, it, we don't have to worry about that as much so i think maybe the the principles of that shared like everyone sharing giving and re- and receiving and taking as all uh, maybe isn't as obvious but definitely it's still something that's within all of us and it, there's like a biological trigger there that makes us really i think jump that, on this. i think that
0: all started when we were in tribes so when we were in tribes and we're living in little gangs and it's like okay you make the arrows you make the arrowheads he'll give you 50 arrows and you give him 50 arrowheads and it was like favor for a favor um yeah and and that kind of grew into and obviously it's, it's shaped mankind throughout society so reciprocity is 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 very but if you can think about reciprocity in the situation that you're in if you can try and put yourself in a position where you're doing somebody a favor prior to them doing anything for you they will feel like they owe you one i think he gives an example in the book where um in fact which example which examples does he give in the book with this one because i was thinking of a different one i was thinking of consistency
1: um i know that he talks about the people who uh, are in supermarkets that offer you free samples
0: oh shit yeah they make a lot of thingy food yeah yeah you make a lot
1: of money through just free samples um and it's really hard to say no because of the that you know you feel like you're slighting the person it's really impolite um and uh yeah that was the one that really i remembered the most from in the book I, i actually broke the reciprocity rule once and i didn't realize i was doing it and uh I got I had a reason for breaking it but uh so I made someone really mad at, at me and uh basically uh, there was a a girl who lived uh who she lived in a massive house and she used to throw these huge parties at my school and uh everyone would she would pass out a lot of invites they were kind of exclusive ish but not really like it was a big house so she'd have a bunch of people around and um they were always like raging parties like really good parties and then um it came around to my birthday and I had a party at my house, but it was a very small party. I was allowed like seven friends. Uh and I didn't have much more than seven friends. So I invited my my little gang and um obviously pictures went up online the age of social media. And she was this girl who was, you know, I was friendly-ish with her, but she had this massive group of people that would all go to her parties. She was really upset that I didn't invite her to my to my party. And I was like, well I didn't really do I know you like that. I know we're like kind of friends. But if I'd, in my mind, like logically, I was like, well, if I invite her, then she has to invite like 10 of her little friends and then they all have to invite five of six of their little friends and I don't live in a big house. So it was like not something that sprung to mind. But yeah, she, I was like, why is she being so horrible to me? And why are all of her friends ignoring me? It's so weird. And it was because I accidentally broke the reciprocity rule, but I didn't realize.
0: You her a party know, and you didn't give a one? I did.
1: I, I ordered order a party.
0: The main people that use it, to, 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 that people know about is is is, is uh, criminals and gangsters and people like that and and what they'll do is they'll they'll find a young a young kid that they think yeah we can mould him into doing what we're going to get do and they're like do him a little favour do him another little favour do him another little favour and then it's like right I want you to go and do this for me and it's like oh well I don't want to it. it's like well I've fucking done this and this and this for you you have to you have to go and do it now and it's like all of a sudden that reciprocity rule is forced upon them to the point where they end up being their little lackeys running around doing all sorts of criminal shit for them so it's yeah. Clean.
1: I actually talked to uh, oh, 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 we're off the next one. You just you're loving these uh, cycling through these banners now. You've made them and they're, they're, they're no. I was just saying that I I was talking to someone who who'd had that happen to them. Um, they were doing a, a course online. They were in a bit of a semi criminal lifestyle and they were trying to get out of it. So they did a, a course um to to learn a skill and they ended up that course would have put them in a bit of debt. It was a few thousand pounds. And um, this guy who he used to do a few sort of semi-criminal things with uh, basically paid it off without telling him. And then was like, yeah, yeah I paid I paid your um, debt off. And then was like, now you have to sell drugs for me. And uh, yeah. Seriously? And he, yeah. And he ended up kind of entrapped in that situation. And um, I basically told him, sod it. You don't have to. You didn't ask for it. Like you, it's a, it's a gift, you don't have to pay it back. Like, he didn't he do it with. Did he on the drugs for him? Eventually, but it took a while and he was in a pretty rough place because of it.
0: Did he break his legs or anything?
1: Uh, they threatened to, but the thing is, this guy was kind of interesting. Is he's he can fight, like, he's really hard, and this guy who was extorting him isn't particularly. So, I think he eventually was like, Yeah, actually, I'm kind of tougher than this dude, I'm not that afraid of him. And then I think, yeah, it just kind of. Ended up pushing him away. But that's one thing that you have to remember if someone's trying the reciprocity thing on you is that if they don't, if they're not doing it because they want you to have a, you know, this guy didn't pay off this uh, tuition debt because he wanted his friend or, you know, associate to succeed in life. He was doing it because he wanted to entrap him. He was doing it. He, he wasn't using influence like a, you know, like a, um, the author. Um, he, he uses a a way of describing it where he's like, you can use influence like a detective, where you're like looking for influence and then using what he terms social jujitsu, like gentle manipulation of of uh social norms to use this influence, or you can use influence like a smuggler, which is when you're like hiding it and sneaking it into things and trying to confuse people and to use it to take things from people and, and to to you know get your get what you want, and you're not giving someone back what anything useful, so in that case, I, I think that's a good time to be like, no, thank you for giving this to me, but I don't have to pay you back anything I, I don't owe you a thing. I think it's important to remember, um, especially if you're a girl and guys are buying you drinks. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yeah. Guys are cunts. Aren't they? they run around offering drinks out all night. And then they're like, absolutely. What, yeah. Yeah. Pricks.
1: I just bought you five I, drinks.
0: I've got a daughter. I hate those guys now.
1: <laughs> yeah. 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 You hate them more than the older she gets, I'm sure. Um, yeah. It's next mm-hmm. authority. authority. Respected or experienced individuals influence others' actions. Okay. You want to take the lead on this one?
0: Yeah, I mean, I this is this is this is the best. I mean, because I was a little bastard in school, so <laughs> I never, I, I I was always like like you you hear, don't you? Throughout life, you need to respect your elders. You need to respect respect your mo- and you do need to respect your mother. Uh, you don't necessarily need to respect your elders. Some of them are still cunts, right? But you need to respect your elders. You need to respect your, your mother. You need to respect your teacher. You need to respect your doctor. You need to, and it's a case of like you can't do anything that any of these people tell you not to. And growing out throughout life, we're kind of taught that if you, you, you look up to these people that have achieved certain status in life that you have to, that, that, that they should be able to influence your actions. Um, and I feel it's absolute bullshit, my, personally, but, um, I, but, but I can see why it works so well. I, I can see a lot of people in the market in the world who put doctor on their titles. And, and if you probably speak to them and ask them what they're a doctor of, it's probably something like fucking I don't know, uh, creating rabbit food. I don't know what the doctors of, but they, they just <laughs> put the title doctors, and they get, they go off and they get this, this, and in, in some cases it's fake. Um, but yeah, I guess um, it's it's very difficult um, to, to, to 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 not be influenced by somebody who who's got authority over to you, over you, and and that's why ad companies and people like that will use celebrities and th- people that you look up to. They say that people um we'll we'll copy people who are like they want to be and the old people they aspire to be like and 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 I feel like um authority is is one of those things which manufactured authority works just as well as um as real authority, and what you and that's why I was saying it's bullshit. I don't think you should dis, be disrespectful to doctors and uh, and people like that. And but I believe that there's, there's so much manufactured, um, especially in, in the age of, of the internet, so much manufactured authority out there now that everybody's trying to pull the wool over your eyes in a certain way. It's like, I'm friends with this guy, I've been to this school, I've got this qualification, I've done this, and it's like, okay, but that doesn't mean you're not. An absolute piece of shit and that should actually listen to you. Um but yeah. then they use that they use that in adverts as well, don't they? I think he gives an example in the book where there's a specific doctor who played a doctor in a 1970s sitcom. Okay. So then what they did is they used that doctor um in an advertisement for, I think it was coffee. Um yes, and it was literally it was. a situation saying coffee's good for you <laughs> type of thing. And it's like, so everyone starts buying coffee because everyone associates him with him being a doctor that's manufactured um authority even though he wasn't a doctor, he was an actor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh asking uh like an action movie star like how like you know, oh I really want to know how to defend myself. Like can you teach me some some moves to defend myself? But these guys are like they're action movie stars. Like sure maybe they know like some basic stuff, but they're they're fighting on screen. It's like expecting uh Chris Hemsworth to like you know defend you if there's like some invasion you give him an m4 and you're like go on chris i've watched extraction like, i've seen you break a few necks with your bare hands get out there and do something so like, well he doesn't know how like but you you'd think because of like the way that he's presented in media that he kind of would it's like uh the tough guy image you know like oh that's i wouldn't mess with that celebrity he looks terrifying he's so you know he, all, in all his movies he's super tough but he might just be like a completely normal person and you know they can kind of they have the author off- they have like a perceived authority of like knowing what they're about, but really they don't. Um, I think this point is one of the scariest parts. I think the, like the later on, there are a few parts of the book that kind of freaked me out a little bit, but this is one of the, I think the freakiest, like how uh, just a uniform or something like that can influence people to do crazy things that they didn't think that they were capable of just because they perceive this person's authority i think uh milgram's experiment i mentioned it to you the other day um yeah. about um the experiment was basically um there was a uh a, a teacher and a student which were both test subjects um of the same age they weren't like it wasn't like a child student or anything and uh the doctor or professor or whoever the uh Experiment leader the scientist we will call them the researcher or scientist. They wore a lab coat and they looked they looked the part and uh, The student was hooked up to a chair and told that they would receive some non-harmful electric shocks When they answered one of the teachers questions incorrectly the teacher was taken to a different room um, and then via an intercom system they asked questions to the student and the student answered correctly or incorrectly and um, there was a it started off at a small voltage of shock, but it went all the way up to quite a high voltage of shock if they got the answer if they got the answer wrong um, and you'd think that basically they would whenever the question was answered wrong, they would administer the shock so they kept administering the shock and then after a few shocks, the student would be like, "I'm in pain, this really hurts. I don't want to do this anymore and the um, professor in charge of the instruction, um, the researcher, sorry, would be like, um, don't worry about that, continue. And um, you've
0: you kind of made it confusing with I have, the story. So yeah. you've got somebody strapped in a chair in another room hidden. And, yes. And they scream every time that, that somebody turns the electric on. Yes. There is a student standing in a separate room with the um, the guy in the white lab coat. And basically, they go from being shocked a little bit all the way through to fatal doses of shock. And nearly every single person that's told, don't worry about it, keep keep shocking this person every time he gets a wrong answer. Um, nearly every single person that was in there with the guy with the white lab coat who was turning on, on and off the shock systems continually shocked, 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 shocked these people, even when the people went silent to the point where they're at a fatal dose. So it, it looks like they're dead. Yes. They continued to shock these people. And it just shows that that person in the white lab coat is in a situation where they... Have 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 perceived authority just because they put a white lab coat on to do an experiment?
1: Exactly, uh, but the but the student. The most important thing to remember is the student was an actor, and they weren't actually getting electric shocks.
0: Yep, Nobody <laughs> that's the boring that,
1: bit. yeah, that is the boring <laughs> bit. Um, but uh, yeah, I, th- I I find that super super scary. I think that's a really worrying yeah, the thing same about with, society.
0: With, with people, they got people to try and stop traffic and tell them, "Oh, you, you can't come through this way. You'll have to turn around and go that way." And people are like, fuck off, I'm going through. And and whereas then what they did is they put a yellow high-vis jacket on somebody and got them to do the exact same experiment by stopping and saying, stop, 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 you can't go through this way, you're going to have to turn around. And nearly every single person turned around and went the opposite way simply because yeah. they were seen to be an authority in that specific field, whether it was to do with roads or whatever. And yeah. It's it is, It's mad how... how how we're influenced without realizing we're being influenced. <laughs>
1: it, and it also just shows how, <clears throat> how much of a responsibility that authority figures have, even though they might not feel like they need to have that responsibility. If they're a scientist and, they're, and they are they you know, they have a theory, their, their theory is going to influence people. People are going to listen to them Regardless of what that theory is, or whether it's true, or whether they, you know, it changes in the future. There are so many scientific theories that were disproved, but are still believed that still believed to be fact, just because you know they were told to children when they were going through school by a teacher who they respect about a scientist who the teacher respected. Oh, and I've
0: got a perfect example. Right now, I don't know if I want to get this the right way around or the wrong way around. Right, my son come back from school <laughs> every day Check this out, right? My son come back from school the other, other week, a few weeks back, and it, and, it, and it was either well, it's four times zero or zero times four, right? And he got in the car and he asked me the question, right? And I was like, well, well, you can't times, you can't do zero times anything. It, it kind of it's 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 undefined, and I can't remember which way around it was. And I was like, it doesn't make sense. How can? You? And it, and it was like, well, the teacher's saying it's zero. I was like, well, your teacher's wrong. So he came home, right? And he checked it on the internet. And basically printed off a load of material in the house to say that, that zero times four, I think it was, is, is an undefined answer. It's, it, it can't be zero because you can't start with a negative or, or, or non-existent and times it by something that's positive. So it's still, it's, it's an undefined answer. So he come home and right. he's asking me and he said, look, I got five out of six on this math test today because they gave me this answer. And I'm like, there is no real answer to this. So the teacher had marked him down five out of six. So he's come on, my, my lad's super smart. So he's like super pissed off about this, gone onto the internet. I've said to him, check out on the internet. Let's have a look. Let's go through the thing. Let's look at chat GBT and see what that says and things like that. And we went through and we did it all. And then he printed off this stuff to take it back and he took it to his teacher and he said, look, I'm bringing this in to show you that you was wrong last week and that you marked me down for something. And his teacher turned around and said to him, right? Right. And this is at Southfield Primary School in Weymouth, right? <laughs> Just in case anybody, right? The teacher <laughs> turned around and said to him, uh, we do that because understanding an undefined answer is too complicated for children. And I, and and, I, and straight away, I said to Cameron, so, so mate, what your teacher's telling you there is, right, that she cocked up, she got it wrong, she didn't know the answer, so now she's making an excuse, but she's teaching all those children. Now, all the children in that class who are going to high school this year, right, are in a situation now where they, they understand a mathematical equation incorrectly because the person in authority they're supposed to trust and listen to and believe has given them inaccurate information. And I was like, and I was so mad about it. I, I didn't even go to parents' evening because I was so pissed off that I would have been like, you shouldn't even be a teacher. If you're gonna do stuff like that with kids, you shouldn't actually be a teacher because you're giving kids inaccurate information and then telling the kids, Well, we didn't we didn't want to say that, tell you the real answer because it's too complicated for children. It's like saying, You want to be a heart surgeon, I'll teach you how to do it a different way because that's super complicated, and you'll kill everybody, but. At least we won't confuse you. It's it's ridiculous. Anyway, sorry. That just got yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, I understand it. Yeah, like I told you in the office, didn't I? Do you remember me telling you about it? And I, I remember
1: like, you were incensed.
0: Yeah, the <laughs> stupid. Cow. Why would you even teach the kids about to... it anyway? Sorry, Go it's on, tough. Pass. It's
1: almost like sh- should you maybe just avoid that equation entirely until, if it's too hard for them to understand, why don't you just avo- avoid it? No. Until I think honestly, they're old enough to I, understand. It doesn't
0: really make any sense. I believe. The teacher didn't know the right answer. The teacher didn't know. She's asking the kids questions because she's creating these things and she didn't know the answer. And no child had ever come back to her and said, sorry, you're wrong. So she's used the same question and she's used it over and over yeah. again. until so Cameron's like got in the car to me and he's like, dad, this makes no sense to me. I've lost it because he gets 100% on everything he does. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and he's got in the car and he's like, I got one wrong today. And he was really mad. He was upset. And he's like, but I think she's wrong. And then he's come home and he's figured it out and he's took it back to school. And he's like, she is wrong. So then he's took it back in and she's coming, giving this bullshit excuse. And it's like teaching children it, t- how to do things wrong so that they're set up for the future to fail is ridiculous. And that's why yeah. I called the school out on here. <laughs> Not that it'll make <laughs> any difference. It. But if it ever gets popular, then people will know. <laughs>
1: it's like, it's it also just shows how dangerous authority is to authority figures like if you have an or if you have authority a recognized authority people go mad with authority all the time i remember you know working a i was working a job in a in a um in a production warehouse back during covid which is another example thought you, of authority i thought you was going to say
0: here i thought you was going to go on about this job but go and carry on oh
1: yeah <laughs> no, i save that for my other podcast um but we uh uh yeah I was working in this job I worked with this um this chap and we would talk all the time we had like a really interesting guy loads of really interesting stories we were into the same kind of nerdy stuff so we'd chat all the time whilst we were working it was no problem and then um he was like the second in command and one day the boss was um ill he was told you know for the next week you're going to have to look after the whole um production warehouse it's your responsibility and he was like okay sure no worries and he like busted through the doors and started screaming at me for talking to uh, another member of staff, like, why are you talking when you should be working? I was just like, mate, I talk to you like this every single day. But that tiny little authority for like a week, even, yeah, do this temporarily for a week, had made him so like had corrupted him from seeing like the logical. Well, I talk to him all the time. Like, he'd forgotten who he actually was when he didn't have the authority, and then immediately defaulted to an authoritarian. It was super weird to see that effect happen to someone that I sort of knew well and liked. Really odd. Um, you know,
0: that's just made me think about. What's that? With great power comes great responsibility. It's on Spider-Man. Absolutely. It is, uh, and that's people so use their authority to, uh, to 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 kind of overrule people. Um, what What were some of the examples in the book from this? Then you think um
1: of authority. I know Milgram's experiment, which I butchered, was one of them. Um, yeah. And I'm trying to think of what the other one was. I know that he gave another one about authority. Um, Oh, um, another one to do with medicine, which is they called a hospital. Yes. Yeah, they called a hospital and told, uh, they said over the phone, my name is Dr. Smith and I'm uh, calling up about the patient on this ward and I would like you to administer this amount of this drug. And the amount, the dosage was way too high. And the drug was something that no, it wasn't approved yet and wasn't being given to many patients outside of an experimental context. And the nurse on 90,
0: I think it was 98% of the time or something. It, it was eighty eight percent of the time. On average, 12%. No, 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 no. What you're saying is nearly every single one of them like did it the way yeah. you're on about 90, Basically, 90%. Basically
1: every single one of them went, yep, okay, No problem got the drug in the dosage and went to walk to the person's uh, bed to administer the drug to them before they were stopped by a, another experimenter.
0: Without asking questions and, and by no they said, on average, they did testing in hospitals. On average, the medication that was being given to um, patients in, in the specific hospitals in the States that they checked it on, 12% of the time those people were being given the wrong doses and the wrong medications because people were blindly just doing exactly what the doctor had told them to do, even though um, they they kind of knew from their training that it was wrong. Yeah. Just blindly yeah, following he, authority.
1: He gives a um, an example of eardrops, um, which I thought was really funny. This person has to be, um, they have to administer eardrops to this person in a hospital, and the doctor on the the notes, just writes, he wants to write right ear, and he abbreviates it to R ear, which obviously would spell out the word rear. And apparently the nurse applied the <laughs> eardrops to the patient's anus because uh, they read rear and were like, well, I've got to put up their ass. They didn't even question, like, why would I put eardrops up someone's ass? And this is like a nurse, this is an intelligent person that's been through, uh, a medical schooling system and they were just like
0: yeah so if you're trying it. to sell something if you can manufacture authority you're in a situation where you you, you can get away with murder you, you know what? Cases. somebody in authority can say something and even if people know it's wrong they'll they'll still listen and take it as red, won't they
1: yeah and manufactured authority is pretty dangerous but being a genuine authority on something is you know encouraging if you have something that you want to sell a product or a service that you're thinking about selling and you have a niche that you know inside out and you are an authority on it that means that you have a higher chance of selling it regardless of what it is just on the basis of your authority like if someone's interested they're going to listen to you and they're going to listen to your recommendation or what you've created and and go with it but yeah if you've made it up out of nowhere you're probably going to get into a bit of trouble i've i found do you think authority people listen to authority more now or less now post covid do you think that that had any bearing on it because uh, i think it did I, for me personally
0: i think respecting society's gone through the floor as uh, overall so people growing up now the younger generation respect like when i was when i was a kid we'd still got a crack like nowadays nobody smacks the kids but when I was a kid, I remember, I remember seeing kids get their asses levered in the schoolyard. Don't you say that? And the mum would fucking throw the kid over, or the mum would slap the kid around. The head. And I remember regularly getting a crack. And I think it was it, it was forced into you as, as a child that you respect your elders, you don't speak out of turn, you don't think, and if you did, the repercussions were what you, you, you didn't respect authority, you feared the repercussions of what would happen to you. So you literally did as you was told. So you respected authority or you knew you'd get a crack. And nowadays, I feel like there are no repercussions. Like kids will turn around to the parents and say, well, if, if you smack me, I'll just go and speak to social services and I'll get taken off you. What the kid doesn't realize is, yeah, okay, the moment and dad will carry on living in the same house with the same life with the same thing. They'll probably turn your bedroom into a gym and you will go in care and probably get molested and all sorts of crazy shit. Because you reported your parents, um, oh, but yeah. that, that's another podcast. But <laughs> right. yeah, so I, I feel like back in the day, um, authority was forced upon people, and nowadays it, it's not so much. So people are less respectful of 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 everybody. Plus, a lot of the fake authority that's the manufactured authority that's around now through the internet. Um, has reduced people's respect for certain people. Like when I was younger, you, you, you respect a doctor. It's like um, you don't even dare call them by the first name. It's yes, doctor, no doctor. You meet them outside of work. It's still, you call them doctor. They're the most respected people in the world. They're the people who save lives. And, do, and nowadays, there's that many people running around calling themselves doctor. Um, that I think it's diminished a little bit. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I think there's... A... <laughs> I think there's kind of an argument to both. I think it may might be the way that authority is delivered to us. Like maybe, you know, doing something out of turn and getting like a. Yeah, we have a a, a comment which I think is a pretty good one from Alden. Let me put that up for a second.
0: Oh, sorry, uh, I was putting up oh, using it at the same time. There we
1: go. Uh, it's even worse. The kid will smack the parents now. Yeah. So this was kind <laughs> of what I was going to talk about. Is that I think. Perhaps authority in the home has suffered and I thought because of social media, the effect of authority from like government bodies and stuff would have like a real, you know, everyone's so, there's such a counterculture to everything now. Like someone says something and that thing that they've said is scrutinized a million times, broken into a million chunks and they get labeled all sorts of things from what they've said. You'd think it would be a really dangerous time to try and assert authority, but when covid happened we went like that into the into the lockdown into everything there was so little pushback and you'd think that there would be because of the how authority seems to have broken down in the home like alden said i know from teaching briefly that some uh, some students you get now you're just like oh my god i can't believe that you're in mainstream education um but they are and they're going to be in mainstream education their entire lives and and they are just unteachable they don't want to learn they just want to they just want to do whatever they want to do they have absolutely no respect for anyone and then you see how they behave with their parents and you're like ah that makes perfect sense um but you have like people who are really you know they, they're openly saying stuff like you know oh the government is anti you know the, the government's committing trans genocide or the government's racist or the government's this the government's that and then when the government said stay in your house don't go out and take this experimental jab everyone went okay sure that's really weird to me That it's like the well, evidence suggests like they're going to do the opposite or against it. my whether i'm for or against it doesn't really matter i'm just there's just the observation that i made but is everybody that, just that it just seems strange because there were even instances when i would like i don't trust the government with anything and i think there's been Numerous examples as to why you shouldn't trust the government with these things, because during the lockdowns, they were saying, you know, you've got to stay in, protect your grandparents, blah, blah, blah. And they were the ones partying, going out and doing whatever they wanted. Um, and I'm sure people Ooh, yeah, did. Guess... They just didn't talk about it. But like, I, I got the I got the covid jab and that's not something I would normally if you ask me now, would you get a vaccination for this illness that 98 percent of people that get it are absolutely fine? Blah, blah, blah. I'd probably be like, no. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, I under never got circumstances, it. circumstances, I was like, I, I will. I got
0: COVID five, four or five times. Did you catch it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I Did had it catch like, twice. I don't you not <laughs> you? Yeah, I am a little susceptible. My immune system is not not the best. I blame jujitsu.
0: Yeah, yeah, I remember getting these weird rashes on my arms when I used to train, and it's like... Yeah, don't get me started on anymore. That stuff. Right, commitment. Agreement made are likely to be fulfilled when the opportunity arises. Now this, I like this from a sales. But in fact, this happened to me right last week. Commitment. So, my missus um, and we've got a mother living with us at the minute. Are um, uh, they 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 iron clothes every day and and very politely they ask me every single day, do you want anything ironing? Do you want anything ironing? Do you want anything ironing? And I'm like, nah nah, don't bother ironing my clothes. I'm not bothered. They'll, they'll stretch out during the day. I don't care what it like. Anyway, this this one morning, the, the 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 clothes I was about to put on were. Like, creased, they look really bad, right? Yeah. I think I said it to you the other week in the office. I might have been George I said it to. And and I come in, and I was like, I look like, like fucking I'd slept in my clothes. Um, <laughs> and it must have been George, I think he was an Ollie. And I turned around, and I said, you know what, I, I've just been... Um, because I'm the guy that doesn't iron his clothes. Because I'm the guy who's like, nah, don't bother ironing my clothes. I always wear loose-fitting stuff anyway. I'm not bothered. Um, I'd kind of stuck to that commitment. So then the next time... <laughs> I got that top. I was like I'm not letting myself fall for that again. I'm not being the guy that doesn't that doesn't iron his clothes anymore. Uh, but because I'd said it previously as I, I was like committed to it that I'd kind of fallen into this trap and walked to work looking like an absolute homeless guy. Yeah. But from from a sales perspective, commitment is brilliant. If you can get somebody to turn around and say to you, if what you're telling me now is real, then I agree that I will do it before you've ever shown them the price, before you've ever shown them an offer, before you've ever shown them anything, if you can get somebody to agree in their own mind, and if you can get them to write it down on paper, right? So so, 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 like, for example, with sales presentations, because I do tons of sales presentations. In a sales presentation, you'll say, pop something in the chat and say, yes, 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 right? And then if you've got a point which you actually want them to do at the end, you'll turn around and say, right, now I want you to write in the chat I promise if this does this, 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 and this, if you can prove to me today, this does this, this, I promise I will take action. I promise I will do it. I promise I will implement what you show me today, but the the implementation is not possible without a purchase in most cases. Um, And then you will reiterate this, this commitment by explaining to somebody that you're not just promising me, you're promising yourself. And the only person it matters to in life that you'd be able to keep promises to is yourself if you if you can't keep promises to yourself you can't keep promises to anybody and it kind of gives them that commitment that they then don't want to go back on which is which is which is quite underhanded but people don't realize the psychology that goes into selling something and 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 i thought at this point it's a good idea for me to explain that yeah. bit before we move on and carry on talking about commitment but yeah what, what's no, that? i think it's
1: a really interesting i've watched you obviously use that tactic before it's it's an interesting one you said it's underhanded it is Slightly underhanded, but if your intention is to genuinely give someone a set of skills or a product that can change their lives and make their make them better, make them more money, then, you, like you said, it's up to them. They're making a promise to themselves, and it's up to them to implement it and, and use it. So you're not, like, scamming anyone. So I think that's that's the important distinction to make with all of these tactics, is that if you're using them for good, then they're really handy, and they can actually... You know, serve you really well, but it's very easy to use them for the wrong reasons. Um, yeah, commitment is a is a really fun one. I have a basically when I, when I was a kid, my uh, my grandparents wanted to take me and my little sister to Disneyland, and um, I was a big fan of roller coasters. And uh, my parents said to my grandparents, like, look, we want to we want you to take the kids to Disneyland. Like, it's a great experience for them, but you know, Callum's going to want to go on all the roller coasters. So you have to promise that you're going to get on the roller coaster with him. Um, so you queue up with him. Otherwise you're, you know, like you're going to leave him on his own in a queue in a foreign country for maybe an hour. It's not good. I was only like, I wasn't that old. I was probably between eight and 10. So, um, they were like, so you have to promise you will do that. And obviously my grandparents like, yeah, of course my nan was like, yeah, of course I'll go on there with him. No worries. So, um, after about the first like six roller coasters of the day, my poor Nan, like I've never seen her like it before. We were going on the, I think it was the and roller coaster, which like accelerates really fast. And I remember like the, feeling guilt, like we were going on this roller coaster. I looked next to me and my Nan was completely limp in the chair, just with her head hitting the uh, seat rests. And I was like, oh my God, what have I done to this poor woman? But the problem was she had then basically made herself out to be the cool nan that will get on all the roller coasters with me. So every other holiday we went on, I'd be like, come on, nan, we're going to do this. So I made my poor <laughs> <mastered>. granny. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't realize I was a kid, but I was making her do these horrible, like making her get on all these horrible rides and all this stuff. And the people like in charge of the rides would always look at us like, what are you doing getting on here? You're like a 60 something year old woman. Don't do that. And uh, but yeah, she was like cool nan after that. Cool man, a but commitment. She had he hated she her, her grandson. She's
0: like that little bastard makes me go on all the rides, and because I've said I'm going to do it, I have to do it.
1: Yeah, I don't bring it up in front of her anymore. I think it was a you dark time in her life.
0: Well, this, right, I'm going to disagree with Robert Caldini. Go for okay? it. I'm going to publicly disagree with Robert Caldini right now. Yeah, right. So in the commitment principle, yeah, he basically says, okay, that um. And this is also con- consensus and, and consistency and people like to do what they say they're going to do. Right. And he gives an example in the book, right. So where he says they did a test and what they did is um, they left stuff on a beach. Right. And then the guy goes out swimming and it's a staged robbery. So somebody comes along and steals his stuff and fucks off. Right. And about, about 20% of the time people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa what are you doing? That's not, not your stuff. But 80% of the time people completely ignored him. Right. And he, he then says that if he goes to a specific person that sat nearby and says, I'm going in the water, will you watch my things, right? And they say, yep, cool. Um, and then he goes into the, into the pool, uh, into the water, uh, and the staged robbery happens. People will actually, about 80 or 90% of people, or 95 or something it was, percent of people will actually intervene with the robbery, will in some cases chase the person down and catch them and do all the rest. And he says in the book, that's because, They've said go, they, they'll do it, and that they um, don't believe, and and that they don't want to be untrue to their word. So if it's consistent, yeah. and they say consistently, I don't agree with that completely, right? Because I think that okay. experiment is, is flawed because I think people act more selfishly because of consequences. So if you imagine a guy says to you on a beach, "Watch me stuff. I'm just going in the water," right? You're more yeah. worried right? But watching his stuff and somebody steals it and you're more worried about the consequences for you. What's going to happen when the guy gets out and all his stuff's gone and you're like, well, got yeah. fuck off. The guy's going to flip and he's going to go mad. At... So I don't believe that people were doing that because they wanted to be consistent or they wanted to say, well, I've said I'll do it. So now I'll do it. I think the people were more bothered about their own their repercussions Yeah, to, to the reaction of the person coming out of the water and saying, what the fuck? You said you'd do it. Like, it's not, do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, that's what I, 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 that's actually, see, that's actually
1: what I thought the experiment was, uh, telling us about commitment was that it was by committing, we were putting our, we were staking our reputation on that, on that commitment. So, um, and in doing that, that's, that's why we wouldn't go back on our commitments because we've put our reputation on it.
0: Um, you, you're not bothered what that guy's going to do to you when he gets out. You're not bothered what that guy thinks of you when he gets out of the water. You're like, well, wh- whatever it is, what it is, his stuff got nicked. But you're more, bo- I, I, I believe in, in in probably 80% of the cases, people would have intervened and chased them down, not because they're bothered what that guy thinks about them and their reputation, but more what that guy will actually do to them <laughs> if he gets out of the pool and starts tantruming and kicking off because all this stuff's been nicked and you've said you'll watch it so i yeah, i, I, I felt like that was a flawed example in my opinion okay
1: i i would say that i thought those things were quite similarly linked that it was like you were afraid of the the reputational repercussions of you know because if you're getting screamed out on a beach it's really embarrassing other people are around you you know it's quite um you know it's quite a shocking quite a shocking thing um Another comment from, from Alden, I think this is, uh, uh, I think it's been too polarised now, either you were fought or against, there is mo- no middle ground. Yeah, I think that was yep. in relation to what we were talking about in authority. Um,
0: like men and, and men and women are women.
1: You yeah, can go there. That's a <laughs> polarising <laughs> statement you've just made there. Mike. <laughs> yeah, I,
0: what I mean is men and men and women, people are getting fired. All over the world, oh, yeah. men and men and women and women, it's fucking ridiculous. That's why um, you're it. either for or against, everything's a, a battle, or, or you're either this side or that side, and, and it's bullshit. Yeah, we'll, individual people.
1: we'll probably get onto that a little bit later. There are a few of these. Uh, this one especially is something we're going to get onto later. Um, it's the same thing in an emergency. When you say someone call 911, nobody will do it. But when you say to a specific someone, they will do it. We are going to... That is an exact example of... Um, uh, of uh, social proof right in um, yep. later on yeah,
0: I mean, if it, and, and it's also a commitment like you've said it's like a commitment, you, yeah. you, you there in the blue shirt phone 99 nine... I was going to say 999-911 makes no difference. That's kind of ours, yours. Yeah, makes um, a difference yeah. if
1: you're in America. <laughs>
0: in America, you works. Like, what the fuck did he tell me to do this for? Stood there, the guy's dying. <laughs> but over here, it'd be like, you phone nine nine nine. You um take your coat off and wrap it around his leg and stop the bleeding. And you do this. You'd and, and you tell specific yeah. people to do specific things. They feel that they they okay. He's rather than just screaming and saying help, and everyone's like, look. Yeah, the example about that woman that got murdered
1: yeah uh, in and in
0: her own street on the street she thirty people watched right house. thirty people watched everyone must have just assumed that somebody else was gonna for thirty minutes she was being attacked and then she died um and her name was was one of the mafia families I can't remember the her second name but she 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 was getting thinking for thirty minutes they were attacking her and, and she ended up getting killed and stabbed and all that and thirty people watched and nobody did anything about it because nobody was made to feel like it was it was that they was responsible because there was yeah. 30 other people all watching so social socially basically everybody was like well i'm sure yeah called the police I'm sure this. nobody phoned the police somebody phoned the police a week after to see what had happened to her
1: yeah it's, it's crazy uh, so it clearly like was you know horrible for them to see because they were worried about her but they just didn't do anything it, it's yeah it's shocking one of those things as well that you're like well if i was there i definitely would but the evidence would suggest that you wouldn't Actually, do anything at all. You probably just want I,
0: I, I've I've actually been arrested in the past for attacking a guy who was attacking his his, his missus, um, and I got mm-hmm. in trouble for it. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I, I I don't know. Most people don't want confrontational violence, but I was like, you can't do that. So yeah, the crack and you end up getting yourself in trouble over it. So I, 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 I get it. Would I do it again after the consequences? probably what would i be an idiot to do it again probably because if you get yeah. involved you're in a situation where you get the repercussions and you get in trouble and literally usually nine times out of ten that girl will be like you just battered me byron exactly and exactly like, that's right <laughs> yeah
1: my dad always gave me the advice of like unless like you someone's life is in actual danger like you should definitely not get involved with the domestic dispute because it, you never win like again we'll talk about it later it's kind of like the unity thing as well it's like you're not part of their little you're not part of that whole club so the finger ends up getting pointed at you a lot of the time yeah. and um it, if it takes the heat off of the boyfriend that's good for the boyfriend and it's good for the girlfriend too because she doesn't want him to get in any trouble because she loves him and he's gonna change and uh yeah uh so about it's, that. A, it's a bad liking. move yeah let's do it
0: liking let's do it
1: Okay. Um, yeah. So we are more likely to say yes to people that we like. Seems kind of obvious, doesn't it? People really? like
0: people like them and people like people they aspire to be like. Um, so most fat people will like muscly people because they not necessarily, they all want to be muscly, but no, nobody wants to be fat. So if somebody's in shape and they're not, they'll automatically like them because they've got something that they don't want. But it says attraction and similarities, foster compliance with request. And, and what I found great about this is people perceive okay, um, people perceive good-looking people to be less evil, mm-hmm. okay? People perceive good-looking people to be less evil, and it's proven in court, right, that less evil people will get sh- – uh, sorry, not less evil people uh, – better-looking people will get shorter sentences in court um, than, than somebody who looks like a, 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 a predator or somebody who looks like a, a, um, a violent person or somebody who looks – like an absolute scumbag. So if you, if you get somebody who was hit with the ugly stick <laughs> and they're like really deformed and stuff, like with like Hills of Eyes, which is a movie where <laughs> it's a good example, the, yeah. that poor person, if he accidentally slaps somebody, he's probably going to get lifed off. Where if, if somebody, you mentioned Chris Hemsworth before, somebody like Chris Hemsworth slaps someone, it's like, look at him. He's so, he, he can't be evil. <laughs> yeah. He's too good looking for that.
1: <laughs> like it, it went in his favor in the end, but did uh, I... Thought that that maybe in the early days of the Johnny Depp trial thing, I thought that that went really quite heavily in his favor, and I think maybe without him being such an attractive person, I, I know that he he actually didn't do all of the things that were he was accused of, and it was a very nuanced situation. But um, I think like there was so much pushback early on, like no, there's no way that Johnny Depp could have done these things. He's so like he's a great looking guy. He's really funny. He's beloved. Like we all really like him. There's no way That's he could horrible. have done these things jack sparrow right he's not gonna do you know he's not gonna he's not gonna hurt his missus jack sparrow and um i think that that eventually was proved to be reasonably correct but the i think he got so much support at the beginning if it was a different character if it was a different person someone that wasn't as beloved they wouldn't have got that initial support maybe it would have been harder for them to put the case together you know maybe you know you not feel like the jury
0: their relationship, right? They're super rich, yeah, but their relationship was kind of put in the, in the public eye. But I, I would imagine that if you've got two people in a relationship who have both got substance abuse problems, whether they both drink too much, whether they uh, whether they take too many drugs, whether whatever it is where they're getting off the face constantly all the time, everything that happened in their relationship might, to the outside world or to people who don't admit what's going on in their own relationships, would look at that and say, that was, that was terrible. It was really bad. It was, it was this, that thing. But realistically, if you've got two people in the same relationship and they both got substance abuse problems, I imagine that everything, most of the shit that went on in their relationship would happen in most relationships or n- not the same, but different, really bad, horrible, stupid shit that you would never imagine that a normal, straight headed, sober, uh, upstanding member of society would do if you've got one person in a relationship with a substance abuse problem and the other one hasn't, then the straight-headed one will likely keep that person on the straight and narrow. But if they both, just because they've got money and just because they're famous, they both were, 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 were abusers of, of substances in certain ways, whether it's their fault or not, whether they're accidentally alcoholics or whether they're accidentally junkies or whether they've just got an addictive personality and anything they do, they overdo it. Um, yeah. But I feel that when I was watching it, I was looking at it and I was thinking to myself, you've got two people here who were both substance abusers, who both, um, who who have both been put in the spotlight as though this is completely doesn't happen, and you'll probably know better than anyone. If, well, I don't know if he'll share it with you, but your dad's a copper. He probably sees things like that on a regular basis um, because he knows that when you get a relationship where, and especially where you get a relationship where they haven't got money, then it goes unnoticed completely. But it happens on a regular basis, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't, it wouldn't be as surprising, would it, if it was just normal folks?
0: I think it was uh, quite. Exactly. A, People put them on a pedestal like they're different, but they're not. They're just the same. They taste the I, tasty shit they eat.
1: I think being also in that situation, getting shown that too, like, because it was kind of laid bare in front of us. Like, I was watching it on YouTube. Like, it was crazy. Um, yeah, I think that, that that also made it like a, a spectacle, you know? It was quite. Um, everyone was sort of tuned in um all right joe says on consistency rather than consequences what about the aspect that people never ever want to be wrong um if you say you will then you would be wrong if you didn't yeah so if you say you're going to do something you'd be proven wrong your ego would be triggered uh yeah exactly ego is like i mean it's it's a everyone has it everyone fights it and struggles with it but it's a really powerful tool i can imagine in, in sales my, my friend uh, is a he sells cars and he was telling me about how he uses ego quite a lot especially with young men to sell them cars.
0: Shaq o'neill right there's a video going around of Shaq, <laughs> Shaq O'Neal, right right <laughs> and he's looking at these he's looking at these bentleys or, or i think the bentleys right he goes into the garage and he's looking at these fucking bentleys in, in different colors and stuff like that and apparently the sales guy said to him um, can, can you even afford one of these cars, you know, because of the way he's looking at them? Mm-hmm. So Shaq bought one in each color because of his ego. And now he said, he said in this video, um, I've got three Bentleys that I don't drive <laughs> just because that sales guy turned around. And yeah, and that salesman
1: now owns a can boat.
0: You yes that sales guy's like you fucking idiot yeah
1: and the the weird thing is people watching that from the outside would be like yeah shaq's the boss like he's just that guy has made this horrible judgment about him he is the boss he's cool but the uh you know he's made that judgment about him and that's really stupid of him and he had no idea that he was actually this really rich guy he did and he used this amazing sales tactic and now he's mega rich because he's just like got commission on four bentley's (laughs) like it's awesome yeah but my friend said that he he says often that um when uh if it's a young guy and they say something like yeah you know i'll speak to my my dad about the car or or um yeah i want to buy it but I, i need to talk to my my dad first i'm gonna have a chat with my dad he always plays on that and he's like i i understand and like loads of the guys that come in here they always have to speak to their dad about stuff relating to cars so they just know best don't they when it comes to cars and um all of this stuff and he says like nine out of ten the guy's like yeah no don't worry about it i'll just get it <laughs> uh because yeah, it triggers you their ego yourself. what's alvin yeah. saying Alvin is saying, as much as Do- Johnny Depp is a charismatic, is charismatic and likable, it also helped that the girl was pretty unlikable, so it was a double effect. Yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of true. Um, Amber she wasn't
0: unlikable before the, 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 the. She only became unlikable because of the thing, though, didn't she? Before that, uh, everyone was like, I don't know. I think
1: a few people thought that she was a bit of a bitch. I think she it was kind now. of. She <laughs> no, maybe, yeah, 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 potentially. Sure
0: she was a lesbian before not She was getting
1: people. some hate, and I tell you what, a good, uh, probably a good reason for getting hate was that she was Johnny Depp's partner, and that's gonna cause the the an issue with a large amount of women. They're gonna not like you very much. I, you know, so you become you public enemy number like one.
0: You?
1: How do you make people like you? Um, appearing like them. Yeah, to be to be similar to someone, um, makes makes people like you.
0: If they tell you, um, they tell you in sales training, right? If you sat across the desk from somebody, mirror their actions. If you mirror their actions yeah. of what they're doing, even so slightly, not not like completely, like he scratches his face, you scratch your face, but kind of like sit the same way, leans to the same side, do things the same, and apparently it causes. It seems a bit OTT to me, but maybe. Yeah, maybe.
1: well, there's, I mean, I'm giving away my trade secrets here, but, um, basically, I, I. When a while ago, I had an experience on dating apps for a while. And my observation on dating apps was that um, say I would match with this attractive girl and I'd be like, oh nice, an attractive girl. So obviously being having a background in writing, when I text people, I try to use correct punctuation and I use full stops. I correctly use punctuation when possible and I spell everything most of the time correctly. So I would be writing these girls' messages and, and I was like, they're not really, you know, like, they would reply with like a bunch of emojis and like misspelled words and no grammar. I'd be like, oh, That's kind of, you know, to me, I'd be like, oh, you know, that makes them seem like perhaps they're less intellectually capable because of the way that they're writing, which is can be a bit of a turnoff. But similarly, I was probably turning them off with my very straight, responses in my correct grammar format so if you are messaging a girl that you like uh, or <laughs> a, uh, if you want to get to know a girl better and she's messaging and she's using a bunch of emojis you're gonna have to bite the bullet and use some emojis back um because talking like someone else makes was
0: it, was it you that told me you put six foot on, on on for your height on on dating apps because you're five uh, foot eleven and a bit
1: all <laughs> right okay <laughs> i did not give you permission to to drop that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come on. I'm not the only guy that's done that. I'm not I the only guy I thought you was that.
0: taller than me when, I, when I'm still it's, next to you. I thought you was taller I've got very than long me. limbs.
1: I've got very long you limbs. Do
0: look, you do look six foot. But I, yeah. I, but well, it's, they, it's proven that, you know, if guys put that the, like, between, like, if, if somebody puts five foot seven and they've got the exact same face and they put them on different dating apps, the guy that puts that six foot over five foot seven will get way more attention and the guy
1: even if if he's in his pictures he's with one of shaq's bentley's like it doesn't matter like it it actually like even if he looks really rich if he's yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he still has to wear heels um yeah and and just to emphasize i am five foot eleven and and a bit right i'm not like you know i'm not like five six pretending to be six foot i am
0: i thought you were smaller than me when, when we when we think it but but i think it's because i'm a bit fat so i don't look as tall
1: well i mean this is probably not why but they do say that people look taller when you have a higher estimation of them so maybe you just thought of me in such a
0: you you thought so highly of me
1: that you thought i was taller because they say if a guy goes into a university and he's (laughs) he's going to be the guest speaker and they introduce him as a student at cambridge or a lecturer at cambridge or a professor at cambridge university the authority makes them makes them taller the People in the um, lecture hall will say that, yeah, will say their heights, estimate their heights and estimate them taller.
0: If you manufacture authority, it can make them better looking. That's why you see these well educated guys with these really, I mean, these dead beautiful girls with these really ugly educated guys because they've met in work and in work they've got authority because they're the boss or they're the thingy or stuff like that. Mm -hmm. I've, I've seen that years and years ago when I used to work at HSBC. Yeah. I remember. Uh, one of the girls there, one of the young girls was with one of the other guys who was like, uh, he'd lost all his hair. He was pretty ugly. He was a bit podgy. He, 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 but he was one of the bosses and she was, she was proper into him. She proper liked him. I was like, what are you seeing him? And she's like, and it was, it was more about his success and his money and his car and the things that he'd done as opposed to um, the fact that he was, he was a balding, slightly overweight, middle-aged guy and she was a teenager. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you see it.
1: I've seen it a million times as well. I remember... My um one of my ex-girlfriend's friends being this like she was this like Slovakian model. She was like 19 and she was dating this middle-aged Thai man who owned a boat and they would they would just cruise around on this mad yacht together and she was just drunk all the time because she hated her life, but she fancied this yeah, this Thai guy because he was super rich and he had a massive yacht and just it's an equalizer, I guess.
0: Before we go into social proof, any other ways to get people to like you that you can think of?
1: Um So no, my example on here I was gonna t- talk about my very um short background in sales, but I don't I don't know if it's a different I think it, it's more leans into social proof to be honest. So maybe I'll keep that one. The social proof.
0: People follow so, popular ideas, particularly when endorsed by reliable or admired figures. Um right, let's let's look at this from a negative perspective first of all.
1: Yes, please. I like I looking at these off. from
0: negative Yeah. He was a piece of fucking shit he was a horrible guy he destroyed millions of lives modern modern lives but people followed him because socially it was classed as acceptable and, and the stuff he was doing slavery as far back as um, as the Romans like back in the day it was socially acceptable in, in in Roman times to have five six seven eight nine ten slaves living in, in a house with for one person I don't not even, even
1: not...
0: paid I'm no they were slaves
1: they were full-on they worked for so nothing they got
0: purchased See, yeah, they got
1: or and they, they, yeah, and but not only was it socially acceptable, it was, it was uh, a status symbol. It was encouraged. It, it would probably make you a more authoritative, likable figure. You know, if if you're like, oh, I'm working for whoever the, this Roman guy, Well, what does he do? I don't really know, but he's got loads of slaves, so he must be. You know, he must know what he's doing. Uh, it's pretty crazy that that was. Uh, Part of our civil and it's
0: always been part of our civilization.
1: Even now, there's modern slavery is a huge, huge deal. Um, so people follow
0: popular ideas, particularly when endorsed by reliable or admired figures.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: this is used in sales all the time. Yeah, how, it how, is. How, this is used where, like, if you can get a celebrity testimonial um, or a, um, a an authoritative testimonials, Somebody who's an authority in your industry, like for example, if Doctor Robert Caldini or Caldini, or however you say his name, Cialdini, I if, think if, yeah. if I wrote a book on influence and he wrote me a testimonial saying this is the best book on influence that's ever been written, then <laughs> millions of people will buy my book just because of that one testimonial. Testimonials from from exi- from from normal people. When I say normal people, I mean people that have not authorities in in a subject um, or not celebrities are worth the weight in gold. They're absolutely brilliant. However, if you can get an authority or, or, or a celebrity and authority testimonial into in, into anything you do, it's worth its weight in gold. Like I, I, if I was to write a book on influence, I would happily go and pay Robert Caldini a hundred grand for a testimonial that I could put right on the front of my book saying the authority of, for the last 30 years in thing, he says that this is the best book that's ever been written on influence. If I could get him to write that, I'd pay him six figures. Because I know I'm going to make seven figures a year off that book then going forward for probably however long that he's remembered for for this, which is probably the best book on influence ever. Um, yeah.
1: And I, I think that that's, you know, can be used in, in a really good way like that to 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 sell your stuff. It's also... Really, like there are some really dark examples of it as well, especially in in uh cult behavior we were talking the other day about cults, weren't we about uh the um uh what was it called the jones Jones massacre yeah, it was a jonestown massacre
0: yeah, Manuel that guy took them all to the south of america yeah'
1: that's one the that's yeah there's one that's used an example that's used in the book, I think is that they um you know, you've got a bunch of people who are all part of this this cult they've got in there somehow, and the cult has been moved from the U.S. down into the jungles of South America, and uh, they've got no one around them other than other cult members. So the social proof now is 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 almost irrefutable. There's no one doing anything else; everyone's just doing cult stuff. So it's like, okay, we're really in this now. And then when he the other guy in charge drops the order that they gonna drink some drink some poison people do it because they have no other, you know there's no one around going that's ridiculous there's no way i'm gonna do that
0: and um, they'd also have to travel all the way back to san francisco from south america somehow yeah or find themselves through the jungle and everything else if they was to leave so it's like well and, if everyone yeah. else is killing themselves I mean, what they really needed was a big freezer and to become cannibals, because then they could have lived out there for years. Uh, but they <laughs> didn't yeah, have that, so they all yes. killed themselves. Nine hundred and twenty people killed themselves, didn't they?
1: Crazy, crazy. It's um, yeah, and it's not the only example of like mass cult suicides. Have been there's been quite a few in even in recent times. Like this one was fairly recent, wasn't it? So. Yeah, it's it's really. Uh, I think social really proof is,
0: is, is terrible, and unfortunately, because of the 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 way the internet's coming nowadays, um, with with social media and all the rest of that shit, it's so easy. Um, in fact, I well, the last SEO event I went to, right, um, he was telling us about what what he was doing from from a from a social angle as as well as as kind of manipulation. But what he was doing is working for one of the COVID jab companies, right? Right, and he he said, "Watch what's going to happen over the next few months. Everybody's going to start talking bad about this COVID jab, and everyone's going to be buying this one. And then there's going to be a short supply of this one. And then and then and it was it was like, how the fuck would you know all that? And it turned out he was working for the COVID jab that was going to become popular by doing negative SEO in social media around." the other COVID jab saying it's causing this type of problem. It's causing different reactions in people. It's causing them to collapse. It's causing, it's causing all sorts of deformities and stuff like that. And he was working for, I mean, that's fucking, that's immoral to to working, isn't it? So he was working um, to basically negative, negative press on, on this one. So that this one here became the only option. So there was two different ones. There was the Pfizer and there was something else. I can't remember what, what they were. Um, yeah. But basically he was working towards making sure that this was the most popular and that this one was looked at negatively and nobody wanted it. So people were going to the doctors and saying, is it this one or this one? And when they're saying it's this one, it's like, nah, don't want it. That, that's got all these problems with it. We want this yeah. one. And he's like, well, this one's running short because everyone's asking for it. And this one's f- packing out all the freezers um, and being wasted because it's going out of date simply because one guy who's really smart on the internet can destroy a whole company like that which is it's clever but it's it's social proof basically he utilized that people will talk and people will share and people will anything negative people share people love to share negative stuff
1: yeah i mean we're like as humans we function like we function in like small groups but we're also like herd animals as well when it comes to social proof and and you know once once we've got a once we have got a direction it's so strange how how it takes all of us in that direction like one by one hooker by crook it's like at school like the trends and stuff at school that go around you know you see other people dressing a certain way so everyone starts dressing that way and that you'd think that maybe that would happen when you're like a young like a young child or maybe when you're even if you're an adult but teenagers are like the they are, are like the most counter you know they push back against everything they don't follow they hate conformity they hate they hate um you know oh, i I do my own thing but as soon as there's a bit of social proof that you know xyz is the done thing they all just follow it it's really strange i think that um that's why we have to be really careful with the kind of things that we promote on tv as and being we Promote
0: to our kids i mean my, my son is 11 or 12 or something like that yeah yeah. And, and there's, there's there's dozens of of gay and um, uh, people that don't want to be men anymore. They want to be women and all that. And we don't want to be women. We want to be men in his school because of the way the school's teaching them that, that uh, and and the situation that they're in now is they don't know anything about sex. They haven't even started fucking puberty yet. So how yeah. would they know all that shit? But in his school now, there's loads of them. Like when I was in school, they would they would, And I'm not saying that that's right or wrong, but I don't think it should be forced down the neck of children who are so influ- who are influenced so easily by um, by what authority teachers are saying to them. So the teachers are turning around and saying, "Oh, that this is." So, so uh, that's what I've noticed in, in, in my kid's school. It's different from when I was at school because it's Definitely. now socially being, being pushed down onto the children. Like, okay, you need to learn about transsexuals and things like that when it's like, well, why did why do fucking nine-year-old kids need to know about transsexuals? They don't need I, to know about that shit. And if they do want to learn about it, let them learn about it when they're in the teenage years and they've started puberty and they, they want to then go start exploring the sexuality at the right age that they're old enough for that shit. So, but there's kids in his school that are like openly saying, yeah, I'm gay and I'm this and I'm that and I'm the other. And it's like, and, and none of that would happened until when he was last year, when the teachers started teaching um, about all this transgender, transsexual, trans, whatever they fucking call it. Uh, and I'm not for it or against it or for or against the people that do it. I am against the teachers drumming it down the necks of children who don't even know how to half the time still chat tie their own shoelaces properly.
1: Yeah, it's tricky, isn't it? Especially when when they're still a child and they don't there's like a they don't have the kind of hormones
0: They don't know how to think yet. You no, know? like they're, they're not, not their really their minds yet.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it is your authority I'm, like,
0: that's pushing it down the necks.
1: Right. And it's it's good that these there's more awareness of these things. So people who are, you know, are suffering and are in, you know, feeling like a black sheep and feeling like left out. It's good that they are able to feel like, well, you know, I'm not actually that different. I have some representation, but I think there is a difference. There's definitely a a line that has to be drawn and it will be drawn. I think soon I think it's going to be forced to be drawn somehow. Um, You can see like things that are happening in Florida with certain books being banned and certain things not being allowed to be taught in schools there. I think people are going to end up having to draw a line for themselves about what is appropriate learned. I remember one of my students telling me that's that yeah, consensus. <laughs> yeah I'm that's what I where I'm going with this like one of my students told me that um that they felt um they felt strange because they were straight they actually felt what? like they were in a minority because they weren't well they felt like they weren't able to get a particular type of preferential treatment almost because they they and that but made them
0: left out they would be being... yeah
1: and it made them resent that it, it, you could tell that there was a point of you know they felt they were obviously quite defeated because they were told a lot of the time that it's absolutely fine to be this way which it is but um they also were starting to feel a bit of resentment because they were like oh you know these people can get away with all of these things and they they're in their little groups you know people form groups don't they and in, in school they're really tight-knit groups you you do what we do but if you're against us blah, blah blah. they push each other out and exclude each other and he was like well i can't you know i'm not accepted by the you know all my friends are bi all my friends are trans and it made that made that student be like maybe i should just tell everyone that i'm bisexual and if wow. i do then maybe i can get you know maybe i can um fit in better because then that will allow me to to fit both quotas, I can still just date girls because I'm a straight person, but you know, but because I'm bi, I can still fit in with the group and I don't have to feel as excluded. Or I think there's a, a little bit of um I think
0: it's just uh, confusing, isn't it? Just it's so confusing at a time it's in so life confusing. when you're already super confused because you don't know what's going on, you don't know. Any of that shit that's going on and all of a sudden you've, you we're really going off subject as well. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> no, I think I, I think it's actually really important. I think it's one of the biggest uh, biggest things of consensus at the moment. I think when I was in school, it was um, uh, like self-harming was like a big psychosis. Like everyone, like people were wearing those like uh, sweatband things to like cover their mm. wrists because they were making like little cuts in their wrists and stuff. And it was like a, the real taboo that
0: was when you was at school but everybody that everybody was when i doing. was
1: in school that was like that was kind of like the vogue weird counter thing that was happening as people were you know at, at least two people in every class were like oh look i self-harmed the other day and it was all like kind of to show and it wasn't and i think it was because it, it only finished when that massive uh cut for bieber thing happened when loads of people like justin bieber got in trouble because some people were like self-harming to protest something that he was doing it became super uncool and i've not heard about that kind of sort of psychosis thing happening again but um uh, joe says sales point that they use a loudspeaker to get everyone to agree with a non-natural point of view um so
0: we agree Uh, they do yeah huge shouts the loudest wins and and i mean i guess from a sales perspective um, which, which is obviously my background is what I love is selling, uh, coming in, I accepted beliefs, right or wrong shape people's convictions. If you're trying to sell something that's, 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 that's not commonly accepted, you're going to struggle like fuck. But if you can show that somebody in authority or somebody, uh, that they look up to is doing it, then you've cracked it. You you can, you can absolutely sell anything then, can't you?
1: Yeah. And that's like, simply you see that on every website when you're buying clothes or whatever, this is the most popular item this what this one was bought by 150 people today
0: this is what uh, you were just explaining you know
1: yes yeah it was the unity
0: principle a sense of belonging influences individuals to act in accordance with their group um, people have been forced into acting and this happens in, in in on again when i was said about hitler before Everybody was probably against what he was doing, but everybody was like, "Well, everybody's doing it. I'm just going to go along with the badness." And 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 I think the same happens in in schools and gangs. And maybe one of them in a gang in a group is a bully, but the rest of his mates will follow along and become bullies. Of yeah, they of set the tone because they're doing that specific thing. Now, for for, for for from from a sales perspective, um, is the best one I've ever seen done with this was 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 click funnels. Uh, okay. and he started co- he started calling everybody funnel hackers and if you become a funnel hacker and you're part of his community and you're part of his gang and he's doing all the events he's, and it was genius what okay. he did um and and when you read some of his stuff he calls it a cult chore right rather than a, mm-hmm. a, a culture he spells it cult chore and he does it that on purpose because it's kind of building a cult um yeah. and you can do that from a sales perspective if you can make people feel like they're part of um part of your gang, part of your your, your community, part of, of anything that you're fitting together. Um, yeah, an
1: exclusive group almost.
0: Yes, exactly. An exclusive group. And that's what he did. He started calling everyone funnel hackers and he's saying you need a funnel, not a website. And he went against websites, he went against what was common practice, um, and he and he said you don't need a website, even though a fucking ClickFunnels is a website. You need a funnel, and it's because of the way the pages are connected. It's not; it's actually a checkout. Really, it's the checkout page that you need. It's 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 a multi-step checkout page. But he calls it a funnel. Change the name of it. Call them Funnel yeah. hackers, And boom! Look at him now. He's I don't know if he's if if he's a billionaire, but I'm assuming in the next few years, he probably his, will in, be. Him and his little culture. Uh, will Yeah. Make him super I thought especially. I've noticed recently, actually, he's starting to do things where he's not as involved in the business and not as and not as front facing because he was the company. So I'm assuming what's happening is he's now slowly stepping away from being the front guy, so that when he does do his exit and takes away shitloads of money from it and sells out, um, the company can still run and profit and make money. Yeah, it's not it. going to suffer.
1: Yeah, I thought um, Apple is a great example of the unity principle, like. People who use Apple, the, the way that everything is has like cross functionality, you know, your iPhone and your Mac and your, you know, all of these things are going to work together. And I think that that means that you exclusively buy Apple. So you only get into, you, you
0: know, and, and everything you have works really well with other people that have Apple. Do you know, how they did it in the beginning, too. they don't remember it, but at the beginning, um, what they did is they did an advertisement. Um, and it was basically showing that nerds use Macintosh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: cool type surfer type dudes uh, use Apple. So if you want to be one of the cool kids, if you want to come and be part of our gang, the cool kids gang, then you need to use Apple.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like a hipster style thing, wasn't it? It was like, yeah. yeah. This is... And they
0: made you they made you cool if you used Apple. Uh, we have already gone way over what we'd normally do on this and we've still got tons of points to go. So let's have a look. Scarcity tip. The threat of okay. loss or rarity compels people to act.
1: Yes, definitely. Um, so, uh, if you know only a few items left in stock, for example, you'll see on a website or selling out really fast. All of these things compel people to be like, "Yeah, okay, I need need to get this." It scarcity comes from a very. I think this is one of the most. I think scarcity is the most primal drive that that the influence taps into because
0: uh, go on i I heard an example of somebody who sold cars and i can't remember who told me about it right but using this this was this was the best example i've ever seen of of using scarcity uh and what, what he did was is he used to he used to buy a car every week and i'm not sure if i've read it in a book or if somebody's told me about it but what happened is the guy used to buy a car every single week um an old an old car polish it up, paint it, do whatever needs to be done to make it worth selling. Then he'd advertise it, um, and then he'd arrange all the appointments for the same time Mm -hmm. so that he had five or six people turning up to buy the car. Um, And what would happen is they would would obviously, someone would turn up and be like, you're going to have to wait. This guy's turn up first. He's he's easier if he's got his first refusal. And then the, the, this person would be like, well, 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 and then someone else would turn up and someone else, and he'd be like, and he'd get with four people there to to, to try and buy his car and everyone's. And I guess eBay did made this digital, didn't they? eBay kind of went from.
1: Yes. Um
0: They, they made scarcity like into, into the, the auction, auction format where, I, remember I made so much money back in the day on eBay when it first came out, it was, it was brilliant. We were selling like these things that you pull over your legs knee pads at the time, which were worth nothing. And and sometimes you put in lasting stock, you were getting yeah. like 15 quid from them. But back in the day, they were probably worth about a fiver if they could go to a, a, a chemist and buy them for a fiver. Um, and yeah. we, we'd get, it was great. Love that shit. It's
1: crazy what it does to people. And yeah, Alden's right. FOMO, the fear of missing out it is, uh, it can really cause a, a crazy reaction in people sometimes like it can cause a, a violent reaction in people if you look at um uh black friday for example and they put a certain amount of deals um you know we've only got a few of these items and they're going to be really really low priced. people queue up uh, outside in massive hordes and then as soon as as soon as uh you know we like to think of ourselves as higher beings humans don't we like yeah yeah we don't make these these errors that little animals do and they don't think like we do and then you watch a black friday sale and you're like oh my god (laughs) like this is we are just monkeys (laughs) this is outrageous people just fighting each other um uh for stuff that they don't even want that's the crazy thing is that they don't even want this they don't need it they don't want it they just see that it's about to disappear so they just grab for it um they said that you feel any better no no it's
0: a great example of that in fact i think this is more con- consistency but, but this this is this is like a scarcity one what they do the big supermarkets what they do is they'll advertise um, a product at christmas right all over the thing playstation do it every single year every time they release a new PlayStation, this it's never in stock and it's never in stock and then everyone's desperate to try and get them but what yeah. what what big uh, big department stores do that sell all, all the best toys and they advertise on tv and stuff is they advertise a toy that they know they're not going to have till january and they advertise it loads up before christmas so the parents are like okay i'll get it i'll get it you'll get it And then they go to the shop to get this toy for the child and obviously it's not available so what they do is they end up spending a load of money for christmas on stuff that's comparable with it.
1: To make up and for it.
0: After Christmas, the toy's released and they readvertise advertise it and then they sell it. So what they're doing is they're doubling up the sales because they know nobody wants to purchase January, February after Christmas. So they advertise some that they know they're not going to release until January or February. And they and they, and they kind of make a consider the, the parents turn up, make a consideration for it. And then after, uh, the parents um, end up going back and buying the toys in the January or the February and, and spending twice as much.
1: Yeah, so they've used the commitment and scarcity to like, I think scarcity is the
0: most powerful sales tool on the planet. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I was saying before, it's like really deeply ingrained in us to like if a, re- if a if a resource is disappearing, you have to be the one who ends up with that resource because it can mean life or death. But imagine if scarcity wasn't talking about toys or it wasn't talking about Black Friday sales. What if it was water? You know, your primitive brain isn't something that can differentiate between that and. The, the scariest part is that it will be water because we know that water is running out. We're, we're running out of, of clean, drinkable water in the world. And Are we really? Yeah, well, yeah, they say that other future wars will be fought over water rather than, than right now we're fighting well, over oil. Can't, fuel. They
0: t- can't, they, can't they make drinking water out of the sea yet?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that's basically what they're gonna have to do, but I don't think that they can, I don't think that's like sustainable or something like that. I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not in on the science over it, but we're less and less like the wells are like basically drying up with drinkable water. So, Shit. Yeah, it's gonna get pretty, pretty wild out there. And you yeah, and that's say, where, what our... are
0: we gonna do next? Jesus. What... <laughs> 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 that <one>. is horrible.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, the, uh, Yeah, scarcity. I think is something really deeply ingrained in us, and I think it is a survival instinct. So I think our our like grabby hands towards things that we don't miss out on, don't want to miss out on, is just a is like a fight or flight almost. Um, uh, The all of these things are all of these weapons of influence are something innate to us, but they are this one more than anything. I think is a real driving factor. I actually, uh, so I I haven't worked in sales really, but the uh, the only time I ever did was um, I used to sell. People's photographs in keyrings at a theme park. Um, yeah, most people have come across, I don't tell people this because they are one of the most hated groups of people in the world, those annoying photographers at theme parks. Um, but I used to take people's pictures you and think? then I would try and sell them back. Yeah, from my experience, like I saw like poor like 16-year-old kids getting like, you know, pushed around by adults just out of like, sheer rage at the fact that they were having their
0: pictures taken
1: um we obviously asked their permission to take their picture what pictures was your
0: too. strategy how did you sell it know. you told them you so
1: using using oh yeah so there were a couple that we that we used here so you can probably you'll probably be able to point them out it's all very basic um so one of the best ways that we'd sell stuff was um the uh like social proof and like liking and this stuff we'd use because me and a few of the guys we got on really well so we'd go on the sales points at busy times and we'd be cracking jokes we'd be laughing we'd be like messing with each other pranking each other getting the families in on it and everyone just started to want to get in on it because they were like oh look these guys are really you know the social proof was the photo thing is cool like everyone's having a good time here i should be over here having a good time we were trying to be entertaining and um At the end of the day most of the time it was dad who had the wallet that was going to pay and having a bunch of lads there normally they were like we don't want all boys we want to mix it up with girls as well but having just a a bunch of guys i think like the male sort of banter encouraged the the dads who were surrounded by their kids and their wives and probably missing their mates to get involved with with um with us and it made them buy more i think um the other thing we would do is um which is scarcity and this is kind of immoral and i didn't like doing this at all but if you had um say grandparents parents and children all in one picture the only thing you would ever say to them is like wow three generations in one picture how often does that happen you know that is something that's really really rare like memories like that just fantastic aren't they like I can't remember the last time I got in a picture with my parents and my grandparents. And you're selling on scarcity of the grandparents dying. (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) But it it worked so well. It worked so well. And the grandparents would buy it because they were like, yeah, how often are we going to get everyone together for a picture? And the parents would buy it because they're like, yeah, you know, mom and dad aren't going to be around forever. And uh, the kids want it because they just want everything. Kids are so easy to sell to because they just, you know, they want everything. So, yeah, horrible
0: talking oh. then but i would muted my microphone um yeah they do they, they, they're terrible i mean i've got kids and if, if you go anywhere it's like do you do you know what my son's not that bad anymore but i think that's because he's got everything uh <laughs> but yeah if you go anywhere and you ask do you want it and it's like yeah but then it just literally goes in a cupboard it's like they, they, yeah you've got I, my son's got presents that he's never opened fully from christmas last year and probably the year before um which is really bad because some kids don't get presents for Christmas, which is, it makes me feel bad. Um, donate them if you wanted to. If right, this you. is not this is not in the book, right? Because it's so relevant. <laughs> relativity. Um, mm-hmm. I I basically thought I'd put it in there because I was like, well, nearby comparison guide decisions making is due to their convenience, and one of the things of, of of influence, it's it's like if you can give them something to compare it to that's similar. I feel that people will make a decision based on on that alone and not just on um, what... Like they, they could turn up and they can look at the two things together and say, right, well, normally we would never make the decision to buy this over here. But if you can give them two or three comparisons that make this look like an absolute amazing deal and they've got something close to it to compare it to, that's why you're better off having multiple prices on a product uh, and multiple levels of prices. And then the, the top one looks like a no-brainer. It's like, I think there's an example in the previous book we read, and I just thought for, for Weapons of Influence, I feel that Relativity um, uh, uh, is is one of the, uh, I, I think it should be in the book. I feel like it should be in there because it's so, so, so powerful. Like if I was to sell something for $29.99 a month, and then I had a, 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 um, an, another package for $100 a month, and then I had another package for $300 a month, and then I show that you're getting a discount of 90% and it's it's comparison to the $29.99 a month one. I don't need to prove how valuable that is because all of a sudden I've shown them that it's, it should be $2.99 a month. And if you rel- if you look at this package that's got almost nothing that's $29.99 a month, people are going to dive all over the $29.99 a month, which is the 90% discount. And really, the only thing I ever wanted to sell was the $29.99 a month one. I didn't want to sell the dollars 99 a month one. And that's kind of something yeah. that I feel like as a weapon of influence using relativity like that is is essential for a book on uh, a podcast on influence so i put it in
1: yeah no i agree it was a big it was a bigger factor in um well, uh, predictably irrational was it that i think it was when we did predictably irrational they talked about the relativity, relativity a lot the didn't prices, they? the
0: magazines the, and all the rest of it yes. yeah
1: we but, i went to a burger a burger restaurant when i was on holiday and they had this um this premium option, which was like this deer, deer meat burger or something. And it said in brackets, uh, probably five euros more expensive than all the other burgers, which were, I would say about five euros more expensive than the average price for a burger in this particular place, uh, uh, in the particular city. And, uh, this, this premium option had in brackets, like, don't, um, don't order this unless you know, for a fact that you really like, uh, deer meat or something you have experience eating this type of meat and so it made it look real like premium and bespoke and interesting and oh you're right, you have to be in this like club and it was more expensive but the price of it being relatively higher than all of the rest made the slightly above average but still reasonably average seems yeah.
0: Cheap. yeah okay that's that's clever yeah what they've done there is they, but what they've done is they've not given apples with apples they've give like apples with two apples because obviously this one's also seen to have better quality and thingy so it doesn't what what they would even be better doing to make that work is have something that's almost identical and it's like right well if you purchase this one over here you get it for this and what we ask you to I, i'm not quite sure but if, if i was that the, the relativity in pricing is, is genius it, it works so well so after yeah. this what i've done is I've, I've written down a load of quotes which we'll go through quickly because um so Quote number one is We instinctively dislike bearers. I don't even know if I've spelt that right of bad news, regardless yeah, of their it. role in it. If you know your best mates, uh, if you know someone's cheating, don't grass them up. No, don't do it because <laughs> it'll then be in your them. fault. Yeah. And this this is something that this is basically something I've, I've read from getting in with what Robert Caldini's putting across, but I it thought it's a, it's a good quote. Uh, we instinctively dislike bearers of bad news, regardless right. of their role in it. That's why weathermen get threats yeah they do and people want to kill them because my dad has
1: a lot of these has had a lot of these situations he remembers uh there was a a point where unfortunately a a young person had had died in an accident um in the home and um no one had been at fault for this accident it was very unfortunate it was a freak accident and um obviously extremely sad and he had to speak to the parents and all of these horrible things that you have to do when you're in a responsible position like that. And um, within like, I don't know, two hours, the entire street was in a semi-riot at the police for no reason other than that they had come to this horrible, horrible accident and basically had to explain like, yes, this person has unfortunately died. And yes, it's because of this. And they had obviously the police had no role in it. it was, this was a domestic accident that happened inside the home, but there was almost a riot on the bank, uh, on the back of them just being there because they had to tell people the bad news. People were going, What's going on in the house? Oh, you know, there's been an accident. So suddenly if wanna, they were the if You be liked, enemy. Don't, don't, the don't tell people.
0: Don't tell people. You put yourself in a position of to giving it away bad news. Quote yeah. two was re- requests uh, accompanied by reasons are more successful. People prefer justification. Now, um with, with, with this, there's an example in the book where they queue up for a um, a printer. Somebody turns up and says, uh, do you mind if I push in front because I'm really in a rush. I'm going to miss the burst or something like that. They give a justification reason. And then they try the same thing, like something like 90% of people let them push in. Then when someone says, do you mind if I cut in and they don't give a reason, people are like, no, oh, fuck off. Right. But yeah. then when they turn around and they say... Uh, do you mind if I push in because I want to give copies, want to make copies and that's it. They don't give a justified, a, a, a proper reason. There's still almost as many people let him push in. So yeah, he's reckoning the word because he's got a lot of power in it, uh, especially yeah. when you're trying to make money through sales.
1: I love that example. Yeah, really true.
0: Quote, quote, uh, I'll stop saying the number, uh, things gained <laughs> through effort, are valued more than those acquired easily. Now, if you ever get children, if you spoil them, if they're spoiled little bastards, then it's your own fault that they spoil little bastards because you don't make them work for anything. My kid is spoiled. <laughs> and it's my own fault. No, he's not. He's a lovely little boy. Uh, but I, I guess people don't... If you've got somebody who's naturally gifted like naturally gifted as a musician, as a footballer, as anything like that, they will, um, will waste it. Whereas somebody who's got to really, really work to get anywhere in life, they appreciate everything because they've worked their asses off to get it. It's kind yeah, of...
1: true. And, and also it shows how uh, like the titles, like you were saying, doctors and stuff like that, have that authority just by having doctor or PhD or something like that. It is valued because you perceive that it must have been a lot of effort to get that. Um, whereas if they'd known that they just bought the title online by doing a course on, I don't know, Reiki healing or something, <laughs> they'd probably be like,
0: mm. Doctor of magic, yeah. Yeah, like exactly. This. By appealing to people's ethics, we can persuade them to comply. So basically, if people believe that they're a certain type of person that it ethically it's right or it's wrong to do what you're talking about, if you can find an angle in to get them to do something which which goes towards how they see themselves as individuals yeah. then you'll be able to talk about, do stuff.
1: Yeah. He gives an example in the book about, um, uh, driving safely, right. Is it driving safely or, uh, no, it's nope. be- the beautification of California. That's what it is, isn't it? Like the, he hands, a, they send a notice around and people have to, s- people sign it or whatever, if they want to make California more green and have less roads or something. And then, uh, but that's not even a real p- petition. The next petition that comes is about uh, driving speeds, like taking the speed limit no, down.
0: Is that what, Yeah, what they do is they get, they basically ask them, first, will you put a small sticker in your window? Um, yes, and that's it. In s- a yeah. certain estate, they say, will you put a small sticker in your window to say that you, you support driving safely? And in another estate, they don't do that. Then what they do is they then they, they go to all of the houses on one estate that's never received the sticker, and another estate that has received the sticker, and they say to them, "Do you mind if I put this big sign in your lawn?" And the ones with the sticker, something like seventy or eighty percent of them, said, "Yeah, put this big ugly sign in my lawn that says we, we don't want bad drivers," that makes the house look horrible. And on the estate where they've not already put the sticker in, they basically then didn't because they were like, "No, piss off! I don't want a big sign in my lawn." Um, yeah. Similarity. We gravitate towards those sharing our interests and backgrounds. I'm going to have to fly through these guys because we have other things coming up soon. We try and keep this definitely under two hours. Uh, So we gravitate towards those sharing our interests and backgrounds. I'd like people to comment on what these quotes are down below as well, because what I'm looking at here is some of these quotes, if you think about them, are so, so powerful, so helpful. Uh, Compliments, we favor those who flatter us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Flattery so we said it yesterday, Have you been dieting? <laughs> I was like, <laughs> "I love you." <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I was yeah. like, "I've actually been dieting since I was thirty, but <laughs> <I didn't laughs> take the <a> compliment."
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Compliments go so, so can go such a long way. Uh, it's always good to like find something that's that you like about someone, e- even if you don't even particularly like the person. Um, it will make them like you a lot more
0: collaboration, joint efforts towards common goals, foster comfort. Now with this one, I'm basically trying to, if you've ever been into a, if you've ever done a team sport and you've ever done a solo sport, this is super, super relevant. Like, like obviously you've done fighting, I've done fighting. Um, and the, it's like you're, you're in it by yourself. You're turning up by yourself. You're going in the ring by yourself. You're fighting a person who's also doing it by themselves. Whereas if you've got a football team behind you, slapping each other on the back and saying, yay, we're going to kill this. It, it does, it, it makes you feel a lot more comfort. So find yeah. people... I've got tons of these here. I need to fly through these quick. (laughs) Uh, Association. We link pleasant sites like models with associated products. So if you can get someone who's hot to advertise your product, or especially if you're selling... um, like uh, something, I'm not gonna go there. I was about to say something that probably get me in trouble, so I won't.
1: Um, <laughs> like you haven't already in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: physical attractiveness. We wrongly think good looks indicate other positive characteristics such as honesty, humor, and trustworthiness. Like we were saying earlier, yes. Good-looking people, people perceive them as as nicer people, which is is terrible, and it, and it's kind of almost a form of racism towards ugly people. Uh, but Race. we don't know we're doing it. Uh, we see attractive people as less evil um, and they and they get lighter sentences in court and attractions are viewed in less serious yeah. so, so results. That do you think
1: that's why women get less... They're normally sentenced to less uh, time in, in jail than men? I, I guess things. it
0: depends if it's a woman or a man as, as a judge, but maybe there's more male judges than females. I don't know. Yeah, I would
1: say there probably is. That, Plus, that, men, that men, men are
0: generally violent and vicious and shit like that, aren't they, as well, so...
1: Well, yeah, but I guess that's the, uh, the thing. Um, so Alden says most of this is common sense, but you don't think about it until you hear someone else say it out loud or read it somewhere. Exactly. I totally agree. That it's, that's now the I'll main thing it. I've taken from this book, to be honest.
0: Right, we see attractive people. Less that was even, the last one. Yeah, that one. People will resist giving up previously granted freedoms and I put inch mile at the end. And the reason yeah. that I've done this is when you, when you give someone something, you say, if you give them an inch, they take a mile. Yeah. And it, and it's true. Um, and it's like, this was another thing that made me think back to the Roman times when they had a lot of slaves and things like that, is mm-hmm. they never had anything. So they never tried to take it. But as soon as, and, and they also, a good point to, to, to uh, look at here is when societies have had a high, usually governments are overthrown and stuff when everyone's at a high standard of living and all of a sudden they go into a huge recession and everyone's struggling and thinking they're all pissed off because they feel like they're owed a better living.
1: Yes. Um, and all, then also like, relativity. Oh,
0: taking this away? Yes.
1: Yeah. Cause you you look at that, that kind of thing I get. Yeah, definitely.
0: People's perceived importance increases their level of influence. And we talked about that earlier. So authority, build authority guys. If you can become an authority in any subject, Use it. Use it like a motherfucker because it's it's valuable as fuck.
1: And you can now because you can do it all online. You don't necessarily have to go to a crazy amount of schooling and stuff. Mm.
0: We should prioritize utility over rarity when buying items. Without use, rarity is irrelevant FOMO. (laughs) So as you can see, I've got three separate sentences in one comment there. But basically what I'm trying to say is if you're looking at something and you're gonna bid on it or you're gonna buy it just because there's only one of them, think to yourself, what the fuck I'm gonna do with it later? Is it really something that I really want or is it just something that I is my ego telling me I should own it? Because if it is, probably don't really want it. No. brains prefer shortcuts, which can be manipulated. Um, this is a huge subject on its own. I'm not even going to go into it, but this is, yeah, we, we call them automations in that predictably irrational book, which is basically people automatically do things that can be manipulated against. If you understand the way people react to things, if you understand how 90% of people react to certain situations, you can use those certain situations to manipulate them. Uh, yeah. we feel campaigned to repay favors. We talked about this earlier. Yep. Uh, starting negotiations with extreme requests can be b- b- uh, can earn concessions. Now, the reason I put this one up is basically a lot of people will, s- will ask for what they want. So if you're selling a car or you're trying to get something for something and let's say you want four grand for a car, put it up for four and a half grand, mm-hmm. let them knock it down to four grand and they'll feel like they've got a better deal.
1: Definitely. Uh, just,
0: Makes it more likable as well. Ex- yes. Uh, I, 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 I can't believe how many of these fuckers I've done. Scarcity <laughs> increases desire. Okay, we know that uh forbidden items become highly coveted al capone the reason i put this in here is because when they banned alcohol in the united states apparently allegedly drinking went through the fucking roof and everyone started getting pissed all the time yeah uh, so yeah ban it and yep. people will want it like exactly drugs? I'm, I'm assuming less people smoke weed in california now than before it was uh legal yeah, yeah maybe potentially yeah we uh we we strive to honor our commitments this was um Something about like where if you say it, do it. In fact, there's a chapter in my book on, on if you say it, do it, and, and also own it. Don't be a little bitch and apologize for things that you've said. Otherwise, people will crucify you. Hand-earned achievements are valued more, which we were talking about earlier. People who work out for something. I put loads of quotes in here and i know, man. I've gone mental with this. You went in pretty hard. ambiguity, we seek social validation. So if we don't know what to do, then we yeah. look to others to, to, to make that decision for us. That's why social so, proof is so important when you're selling something.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's also a really important point. If you look at like political uh, systems and like people politically, a lot of governments try to confuse their people by telling them loads of conflicting information. And they're like, what the hell is the right thing to do? Like, who should I look to? And the loudest voice is often the one with the sponsored media, which is the government. And so you listen to them, so their word becomes gospel. And then you end up with, uh, dictators
0: similar people greatly sway our decisions which is basically if you mates and you're in a gang and you're all ah well you kick him in the head well, everyone else has kicked him in the head people who would never normally do that will do that and then get. Uh, this is probably a terrible example but it is similar people greatly sway our decisions right yeah. or wrongly well they say if you're um,
1: trying to sell a car and you see golf clubs in the back you're supposed to say like oh you know like make a comment about playing golf uh my friend who sells cars was like well i don't know anything about golf and there's one right. thing that makes you completely unlikable which is lying so maybe if don't like jump to it and be no, like but ah, if yeah, you turn you...
0: around and say oh if, if you buy this car now i i can get the rest of the afternoon at the golf course then then there's yeah. more chance they're gonna be, oh he's like exactly. me golf.' Exactly. but then you start talking but to you, they... you look like a liar. yeah
1: and then you go to bits you look like a liar and then they don't like you anymore so
0: you have to be careful you with comply that. with those we like and authoritative figures that takes itself uh oh shit i've got to the last two okay cool so why would you not recommend this book i put these at the end of everything for each week uh or why nice. would you recommend this book i mean i, I i'm assuming you'd recommend this book because it's brilliant in it
1: i would yeah i would recommend this book it's really cool uh to start with i thought it would be very like it would be sort of designed towards people who wanted to get into sales um and uh i was very quickly but in the first line, he basically says that that's not what it's about. And it's more about avoiding being the victim of of, of scams and people that don't want to, you know, and, and understanding this stuff is amazing. You know, they say, um, what's his name? Musashi says, once you see, once you know the way broadly, you will see it in all things. And once you know what's going on with this, you begin to see it everywhere. It's very cool.
0: Well, my final thought as to why I would recommend this is almost the same as what you've just said. Um, Humans use shortcuts that manip- uh, manipulators exploit to defend against this. We must understand the principles of reciprocity, scarcity, consistency, social proof, liking, and authority. Meaning if you don't want people taking the piss out of you and selling stuff you don't want, then read this book. But also if you want to take the piss out of people and you want to sell them stuff they don't want, read this book. It's a yes. cool book, brilliant for any salesman or for anyone who doesn't want to be sold. This is the book to go after. Um, yes. As of next week as i am now in a rush to finish this as of next week we have a new book that we're going to do which do Callum has chosen for us do you want to hold it up
1: yeah i can hold it up you've got a cool little button to make it come up on the I screen as well a lot
0: but... as well i've figured out this week so let me first go back to that banner and shut that down with the okay. final part. come so... over here and say take over the screen motherfucker Boom.
1: <laughs> there it is look at that so it is the almanac of raval naval ravikant geez i'm gonna to have to learn how to say the name of the book before i even start reading it um but hold it up seems... sideways oh no, hold yeah up I'll sideways. Do a, we'll do a comparison this is a comparison that relates to my free time in the next yep. week uh
0: cool man i'll read that book three have... times and i'll read another book on top of that one because that's tiny compared to what i do. all right brilliant flexing
1: on me but yeah no it's true uh, this one should be a lot faster to get through and um so i'm looking forward to that who, um
0: anyone who wants to join in should see us here yes Friday at the same time. We've been on for nearly two hours today, but the, the next Friday, I don't know what the date is, but we'll see. And yes, next Friday at the same time, we start at 10 a.m. UK time. Ta- is it? Oh, we start at 11 a.m. UK time. And we'll be yeah, going we do. through this book and we'll do loads of the quotes and that again and figure out how this works best for us and for you. And I mean, the the, the key to this is that we are getting educated massively by forcing Absolutely. ourselves to read amazing books every week. And eventually we might not do this on books. We might start doing the wide debate on something completely different. It might be, I mean, I'm writing a book at the minute saying there's no such thing as good and evil, which is which is cool. Um, so we may do a week where we just try and find out if there's much good and evil in the world, if, if it's yeah. real anyway.
1: And it's it's an inspiring process, isn't it? Like reading all of this stuff and finding out new information. It do you, do you find me. that
0: you're changing. It's changing you as a person. It's
1: definitely making shit. me more thoughtful. With a lot of things. Yes. Like, I'm really, like, I was i described probably as quite a thoughtful person to my own detriment a lot of the time, but this is definitely making me even more thoughtful. I just need to get faster at thinking.
0: Procrastination's a killer book. Procrastination, we hate it. Right, guys, we will see you all next week. Thank you very much yeah. for being here. Cheers. Looking forward to it. Catch you later. Bye Bye-bye. bye. Bye.